that last part, wash me, Savior, or I die. Mm -hmm. Those are the two options. There aren't. It's, it's there not go. like yeah. boom. <laughs> it's not. Whoa. Oh, let me just go and make myself better, Man. and then maybe I'll live. No, it's That's it's true. Jesus That's does it, or point. it's not happening. And so, yeah, there's that. But also, it wouldn't mm -hmm. be uh, it wouldn't be me to not quote a Puritan. So Jonathan Edwards once said that the only thing we contribute to salvation is the sin that made it necessary. Mm -hmm. And so that's all mm -hmm. I can bring to Jesus is right. all the wrong I've done and me yeah. in my naked and helpless foul state. Mm -hmm. And those are the two options. Jesus washes me as my savior through his blood mm -hmm. or I die. Welcome to Seeing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically-rich congregational songs for what? For the church. There we go. I'm your host, Nathan Murphy, co-hosts Joshua Roberts and Rachel Nothnagel. Gosh dang it. I knew it was coming to. We're going to leave that in because that's part of the last podcast. Glad you guys are here today. We're going to be going over a congregational hymn today that we're going to promote. We're going to start um, limiting ourselves to one hymn per episode. Um, why do that? Well, because we don't want super long episodes for you. We don't want to lose your interest. But um, it'll allow the three of us to really dive deep and not feel rushed uh, talking about these songs. We have a massive and ever-expanding list of hymns, both old and new, but we want uh, we want to give one give give each hymn um, what it's worth and, and really take time with each of them. So today uh, on this episode, we are going to explore the hymn, the well-known hymn by Augustus Top Lady called Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. And um, let's just start by reading. I'm going to start and then we'll go around the table and read these four verses together. Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. All right, let's dive into the text, starting with verse 1, since that's how it's written. Uh, or we can also talk about Augustus, top lady, and his influence. Uh, I'm pretty sure he um, was a Presbyterian in England. Um, his stream of influence was more of that church, churchly, I think is the, ter the weird kind of term, uh, churchly stream of hymn hymnody influence, very... Um, very theologically driven, a little bit more high churchy, probably more of a lenience towards uh, Reformed theology. 
Uh, he wrote this hymn, I think is what it says on hymnary, is in 1776. Um, so it's 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 old. It's as old as America. So there you go. That's an easy number to remember. Um, but And this is probably the only hymn I know of from Augustus, um, but uh, it's very... Very theologically deep. So let's let's dive in. Maybe just the concept of God being the rock of ages. It makes me think of Psalm 71, 3, and mm-hmm. it says this, Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. The idea of God as a rock has several different aspects to it, um, but it means that he's stable and unchanging. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see that in Deuteronomy 32, 4 as well. Um, and also that he is steadfast and strong, that he's willing and able to safeguard his people. Um, and that's a forever protection, a shelter in a storm. So I just like that idea of God being the one that we continually come to, who is steady and unchanging amidst anything we might face. Yeah. The Psalms... Like all over the Psalms, I was doing an ESV study um, search in their app, and I looked up rock, and I, I I could have taken two or three screenshot scrolls to to see all of the instances where it says God is my rock, the Lord is my rock. Um, you mentioned Psalm seventy one. I've I've got Psalm eighteen in front of me. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock. Again, <laughs> two times in one verse in whom I take refuge, my shield, in the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. Um, there's several other instances of the, not even God being titled rock, but also like Psalm 40, he set my feet on, a, he, he pulled me out of the miry bog and set my feet on a rock, a sturdy place to stand. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of that imagery of God, God and his ways being a secure foundation for us. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think rock of like rock of ages that titles necessarily in the Bible anywhere. I, I know when I think ages, I think okay, ancient of days, you know, so like Daniel seven. Um, but I don't, I don't think that that title is anywhere specific in the Bible. So it's it's interesting how we that reference in Daniel is the only one I could find too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you think of like okay, so what are we hiding from? Why do we need a refuge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what kind of storm is out there? And I think that. There's a lot of directions you can take that, but I think of two. Um, so, of course, there's trouble in a sinful world that we encounter daily, um, different types of trials, but also that Christ is the the refuge from God's wrath, yeah. that we were saved from God's wrath um, through his blood on the cross. And so it has that, that double meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was probably meaning. Clint, you, yeah, go ahead. You know the the thing about what, like what are we hiding from? Um, I've never I've never thought of it that way. I've I've actually always thought of it as the the picture in Exodus thirty three where God that's, hides. That's where I was Moses and um, mm-hmm. Moses had said, "Please show me your glory," and and God says, "You know, I, I'll pass before you." And and this is I guess that's why because of the word cleft. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, there's a place. Near, Lord continued. There's a place near me where you, this is in Exodus 33, uh, where where you are to stand upon a rock, and when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you'll see my back, 
but my face must not be seen. Mm-hmm. So I actually feel like the thing that we're hiding from is the awesomeness of God. He right. is hiding us from from being destroyed. Right. And and I guess that because the whole song is about the grace and how we have nothing to bring. Right. Mm-hmm. It also to me it it remind you know, even even all the way to the end where it talks about the judgment throne. Mm-hmm. Um we need God not just to give us the grace but also to allow us mm-hmm. to be hidden from the parts Safe of him that would him. destroy mm-hmm. us. Yes. Right. Isn't yeah. it cool though that we can read the same hymn and come to different yeah. conclusions that all glorify all God? Oh yeah. And they all Absolutely. and really they all they all make sense. They all make sense <laughs> and they all you mentioned the awesomeness of God. You mentioned the wrath of God and those are really kind of we're talking about God's greatness, his his bigness. Mm-hmm. Uh that he's like <laughs> earlier in that Exodus 33, uh he <laughs> Moses asked the Lord, show me your glory. He said, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I, wish I shall show mercy. But you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. So it's kind of that connection with all of scripture. Who could stand before the Lord and his judgment or Psalm 130, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O God, who could stand? Mm. But with you there's forgiveness that you may be feared. Um, The the holiness of his face, the brightness, his glory. That's what this is all about. (laughs) There is one song. I don't want to trash it. There is uh, too much. There's one song that says, show us, show us your glory. Show us, show (laughs) us your glory, Lord. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trashing it already. Um, (laughs) I don't think people really grasp the heaviness of what they're asking when they say mm-hmm. sing that hymn sometimes. It's like, ooh. We actually were doing a, I did a study last night on Psalm 24, and um, it talks about the king of glory coming in mm-hmm. and lift how lift up you gates. And, and the the idea was that the, the gates were actually, um, they weren't gates that opened upward. They were, ga- the gates in Jerusalem opened outward. But yet the psalmist decided to put it upward, and and to me that that meant that these gates can't handle the glory of God, and it should give us an awesome awareness of what that glory is. So yeah, I agree with you. You know, uh, we just can't handle the glory of the Lord, mm-hmm. and we need Him to to in some ways hide that hide ourselves in Him mm-hmm. to keep from being consumed. You know. I guess, you know, the word cleft, like we said already, I think that's just, if we're talking about, I think the picture, the the picture of this hymn is all focused on Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, because later on in verse 1 it says, let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow. That's clearly an allusion to Christ and his crucifixion. Um, I clearly. think it's clear. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, well... <laughs> We're going to talk about go that. Go ahead. Right? Go ahead. Because yeah. you're right. It is clearly. But it is clearly to yeah. most people. Um, but um, with with saying cleft for me, I think that's putting a connection between Jesus as the love and the kindness and mercy of God displayed. The fact that we have a hiding place before the utter holiness and wrath and awesomeness of God and his glory. We have that hiding place in Jesus. And those first two lines of verse 1 repeat itself at the very end of the song. And so it, that's the whole main point of this song, that we have a, a hiding place 
from um, the wrath, the holiness, the awesomeness of God in Christ, and that's our salvation. Let's keep going in verse 1 because I want to talk about the— well, you, you want to talk about water and blood. Is that right? I do, and I was saying that, um, you know, we know from the crucifixion story that when the soldier pierced Jesus' side that both water and blood flowed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also know that First John 5, 6, and 8 talks about the water and the blood and how there are three that bear witness, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all of these agree. And, and we understand those concepts, but we have to understand that there are people in our churches that do not understand that 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 they don't they don't get what we're talking about here. I had some what I'm getting at is this. I had someone come up to me actually twice in my um time of leading worship through the years. Um I've had someone come up and ask to help them understand what this meant. Mm-hmm. Um and uh one of them wanted to know is the is the water talking about baptism? So Jesus' blood washes us and then we're also washed by baptism. And and I was like, mm, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does clearly talk about the water and the blood from your wounded side, which flowed. But as worship leaders, we have to be aware of what um, the the younger Christians mm-hmm. in the congregation that might not know all of these things, um, how they might take that. So I just think it takes a little bit. Of a preface, sometimes every once in a while to maybe read that scripture before you sing the sing this song, so that it it helps people to understand what we're talking about here. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the last two lines of verse one um, might be one of the most clear understandings in a hymn of what the atonement accomplishes, um, what its purpose is. I love how it says, be of sin, talking about the water and the blood, um, be of sin, the double cure, semicolon, save from wrath, that's one, and then two, make me pure. Um, Those two two little phrases in the last line talk about the doctrine of propitiation in the first one, save from wrath, and the second one, expiation, make me pure. And there's there's biblical defenses for both of these um, doctrines, and they're both there. They're not one against the other. They both work in tandem for our salvation. So propitiation, I want to read Romans 3, chapter, at Romans 3, uh, 25. That's what I meant to say. Uh, here it is. Uh, let, let me let me get some momentum uh, in, chapter, in verse 22. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Here's 25. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. So propitiation essentially means the satisfaction of justice or appeasement of wrath, um, the wrath of God. Jesus did that for us um, in our place. And then we also have expiation. Not only has he appeased God's wrath, there's peace between God and man now, but he has effectually made you clean from your sins. And I think of Hebrews 9, um, verse 22. Let me go over there. 
Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. He makes us pure in his forgiveness of sins. I think that is such a gospel-informing two lines of a hymn right there. Be of sin the double pure, save from wrath, and make me pure. And that's uh, that's our salvation in a nutshell right there. I think that's well articulated and um, need more songs like that. Let's keep going. Verse 2. Now we get into the more... Uh, we, talk, we talked earlier about the emphasis of God's grace and um, that he alone is our Savior. So let's dive into verse 2 some, guys. I like the the concept that we can't do enough, um, not the labor of my hands um, can fulfill the law's demands. I can't have enough zeal. I can't be sorry enough. You mm-hmm. know, my tears forever yep. flow. Yep. I could cry my whole life and be sorry my whole For life. My sin. Or I could I could be enthusiastic mm-hmm. over over the top do enthusiastic. All these I good could do deeds. everything. Right. And yet I still can't atone for my own sin. Mm-hmm. And I like how those two ends of the spectrum are like brought up in this hymn of like, I can't be sorry or sad enough, but I also can't be thankful enough because mm. yeah. Right. Because of what Christ has done. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's other hymns I'm thinking of that pop up and um, you heard it's it's a I think it was on a Gospel Coalition album called Not in Me, it, but Bob it's probably popularized popularized more when Bob Coughlin did it <clears throat> at T4G mm. the uh, no list of sins I have not done no list of virtues anyways it it lists it's like Luke 18 the the Pharisee and tax collector it just talks about all these things that I could could do that I would think would earn my righteousness before God, but it's mm. it's a total denial of this huge list of things that that I could do or say or feel, and it's never enough. All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. Isn't that so opposite of what we hear in our culture? Like, mm-hmm. you are enough. You are, oh, you know, that whole, like, you're doing your best, and that's good enough. And it's like, I think maybe when because I have a lot of unbelievers in my family and direct, you know, lines of communication every day, I think that would be discouraging to hear, you know, like you can't do enough. You can't, you can't earn, you can't be enough. Um, That's discouraging to hear, but it's actually like the best news ever because it's a weight off of our shoulders. Oh, I can't do enough. I can't be sorry enough. I can't be enthusiastic enough. I can't do the list of good deeds, it's all up to God's grace, and I need that grace. And so I think to an unbeliever, that would sound just horribly discouraging. Like, what do you mean I can't do it? You know? Right. On Sunday, um, our, our outreach pastor was preaching a message about the law of God, and he went through the Ten Commandments and just kind of um, helped us to see our absolute the absolute impossibility of us to to measure up to that law. And then then he tied it into how that makes the good news good news. Right. And 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 really as you were listening to it, um, as he was presenting it, it it was this idea of um, oh what 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 am I gonna do? I, I have nothing. I have nothing that mm-hmm. I can bring which is which is what this is, you know, saying the here. Desperation. Not the la- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we see how good the grace of Jesus is unless we recognize that 
It's not the labors of my hands that can fulfill the law's demands. Right. Um, or, and even the third verse, nothing in my hand I bring, mm-hmm. simply to the cross I cling. And it also helps us, I think, those concepts to, to stop worrying over things such as, you know, am, am I a Christian? Am I saved? Mm-hmm. There are people in our churches that, that struggle with doubt over that. But when they realize it's not about you, it truly is nothing that you have done or can do or have not done or any of that, it's truly only about save your savior um that the rock of ages you know so right our pastor has occasionally said this it's kind of provocative and you'll hear why you get to heaven by works they're just not yours Mm. (laughs) i love that the 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 question or the the begging desperation like you said not the labors in my hands can fulfill thy laws demands Mm. jesus did though jesus was perfectly righteous is and um and in Matthew 5:17 um in the middle of the sermon on the mount do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets no. i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them yeah man the amount of ink that is spilled on that one verse by commentators of all church history that is just so deep and and also there's there's a heaviness to it and as it follows in verse 18 through 20 for truly i say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And at face value, it's like, man, Jesus is praising the Pharisees? Like what? Like or <laughs> um, he's 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 saying this is or, or is he saying that salvation by works and I have to do better? No, he's saying this to reveal that you can't. There's no way you can even measure up. Um, and Christ is our righteousness. We're going over Jeremiah on Sunday mornings. Jeremiah 23 talks about the righteous branch coming from um, from Judah, from the the branch of David. And it says, and you shall call him, quote, the Lord is our righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who Jesus is. You know, and we have the name Emmanuel, but we also have him as the branch from David's lineage, the Lord our righteousness. Uh, let's go on to verse 3, because now we get into the desperation really <laughs> expressed. Um, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling, or to thy cross I cling. That's what faith is. Mm-hmm. That's That's really what our... The centrality of our Christian faith is, is is I can do nothing to earn this for myself, nor can I do anything um, to impact that. Thou must save and thou alone. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his work on the cross. Um, simply to thy cross I cling. That's our fuel. Uh, that's our that's our <laughs> that's the our faith's fuel. Uh, is 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 the cross uh, how we can turn to him? I really like those last three lines. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Mm-hmm. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of how um, I I grew up in church, 
sort of, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I misunderstood. Um, and I don't, I don't know that it was a direct result of any one person's teaching. It, mm-hmm. it was very likely my own misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, but it was this like, okay, if I sin, that removes God's love for me. And it, it made me even further to... away from approaching Christ because it was, oh, my sin separates. I've always heard my sin separates me mm-hmm. from from God. And so if I sin one time, like I'm done. And I never, I was never, or maybe, not that I was never taught, but I never understood. Isn't it how interesting we default to Catholicism so much? Right, yeah. <laughs> even Baptist. But I never understood that, like, one of God's children in a place of, of sinful, you know, even unrepentant sin um, or maybe ignorance, um, that that God has compassion on that. It's not this, oh, I don't want you until you clean yourself up, because the whole point is that we can't clean ourselves up. And so right. I misunderstood thinking, oh, okay, I can I can go to God and ask for forgiveness once I've completely perfected everything on my part. But it's I mean, this this hymn just puts it together so nicely. It says, foul, I to the fountain fly. Like, yeah. I don't go to God when I think I have it, when I'm like, okay, I, I fixed this area of my life or I repented of this sin, I think. Dress and yourself I've, up. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, it says naked, come to thee for dress, <laughs> like foul, I to the fountain naked. fly. <laughs> and so I think once I, I maybe only fully understood that maybe three or four years ago, and it changed everything. It changed my approach to Scripture. It made me want to... Want to come to Jesus. Yes, because he had (laughs) compassion on me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because that one phrase, foul foul I to the fountain fly, is changed in some of the hymnals. Mm -hmm. Some of them it says, to thy fountain, Lord, I fly. And which huh. which makes it more about me doing something. Yes. And it takes love, away the starkness of the word it, foul. It does. I love how no, I he, here in this 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 verse that we've we've oh, what am I trying to say? The way that this is worded. Um naked dress, helpless grace, mm-hmm. foul as if you know somebody that's foul they stink, dirty. they're mm-hmm. dirty, they need a bath mm-hmm. and uh, they go to the <laughs> fountain and mm-hmm. and and wash me savior or I die. Um, it, it really keeps it. Um, so I would say that if, if for some reason you're looking at your arrangement of this song and it says, To thy fountain, Lord, I fly, which makes it to me a little innuendo of works, you know, I fly mm-hmm. to your fountain. Um, mm-hmm. but, but this, it's, it's reminding us, foul, I'm just coming to the fountain that is you. Man, um, so make sure that you you use those lyrics. Mm-hmm. I would, anyways, because specifically, yeah, because of what you were saying, Rachel, about how you had seen grace and works in your life before you realized how helpless you truly were, and um, it it helps us all to see it. Um, we need to do it the way that Augustus wrote it. Yes, I agree, and I love just it's simple and probably um, too obvious, but I love. The use of the comma, mm-hmm. naked, mm-hmm. come to thee for dress, helpless, look to thee for grace, foul, I to thy fountain fly. You know, when I, we think of naked or helpless, uh, <laughs> I said both in the same time. Let's start with just naked. Obviously, Genesis 3, you know, Adam and Eve hiding in the garden. Yeah. And who, naked, and also, and who clothed them yes. in grace when he didn't have to clothe them. 
Yeah. God did. He, he and then animals. we're reminded to be clothed in the righteousness of God. You mm-hmm. know, um, so. I, another vision of that, though he's not, he's not naked. I think of uh, Joshua the high priest in Zechariah three. Um, this this is kind of a little just gospel story inserted in Jer- in, in Zechariah. Um, let me let me say it really quick. Just these first few verses in, in Zechariah three. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Uh, Is not this a brand brand plucked from the fire? Mm. Now Joshua was standing there before the angel, clothed in filthy garments. So this is going to kind of touch foul too. But And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the iniquity from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you in pure vestments. I love that that picture. Helpless. I think of the prodigal son in is it Luke fifteen? Um, he he. I love the picture. He you know he he take he he's got it all figured out in his own mind. He goes and takes his inheritance or whatever, and goes and wastes it on pleasure and all the things, and then he eventually becomes a. a a pig feeder, and he dreams of eating the slop that the pigs eat. And then it says in the scripture, but then he stopped and remembered his father's house, mm. and he knew that even the servants there got food. He finally came to his senses, and he humbled himself and, and came back to his father and said, Dad, I, I'm, I'm hungry. I, I'm, I have nothing. I am totally, utterly helpless. And then he, the father uh, receives him with so much grace. And then um, another thing real quick, that I love this um, this pr- Puritan prayer um, uh, from Valley of Vision called the Gift of Gifts. It's actually more of like an Advent prayer, but the power of this poetry just is so good, and it helps um, articulate helplessness. I'm just going to read a couple, just a couple bits of it, and then we got to keep going. Herein is love. When I cannot rise to him, he draws near on wings of grace to raise me to himself. Uh, Going down a little further, another paragraph or stanza. Herein is wisdom. When I was undone with no will to return to him and no intellect to devise recovery, he came, God incarnate, to save me to the uttermost. Mm. I love that. That's Puritan prayer. Gift of gifts, one of my favorites. I have one more thing to say on this verse. Um, That last part, wash me, Savior, or I die. Mm -hmm. Those are the two options. There aren't. It's it's not like. Boom. (laughs) It's not. Oh, let me just go and make myself better, and then maybe I'll live. No, it's it's Jesus does it, or it's not happening. And so, yeah, there's that. But also, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be. uh, It wouldn't be me to not quote a Puritan. So Jonathan Edwards once said that the only thing. We contribute to salvation is the sin that made it necessary. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I can bring to Jesus is right. all the wrong I've done and me yeah. in my naked and helpless, foul state. Mm-hmm. And those are the two options. Jesus washes me as my Savior through his blood mm-hmm. or I die. Mm-hmm. And 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 you have to come to the re- realization that you are those things. You, mm-hmm. uh, the very first beatitude, the very f- first declaration of blessing that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They need to realize that they are spiritually unable and bankrupt, 
apart from a work of grace in them. And that brings us to the last verse. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really great transition because if you have Christ's blood covering your sin, this is what you get to experience that someday when you, it says, draw your fleeting breath. Yeah. Someday when your eye, when your eyes close in death is what it says, um, you'll see him on his judgment Mm -hmm. throne. And that is, that can be a scary thought, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also comforting to know that the, the person, because I don't have another word, God, of course, is uh, a, a being, but the one on the throne is the one who knows me and who has hidden me in himself. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's scary, but it's also comforting to know that, like, I know the one on the throne and, like, he has shed his blood for me to where I don't have to face his wrath. I want to say another lyric thing that was altered here, which goes hand in hand with what you're talking about right now, um, is that that phrase, see thee on thy judgment throne. In fact, I think even in the Baptist hymnal, it's been changed to, and behold thee on thy throne. Mm. Um, it's an unfortunate change because it yeah. weakens the whole point of the hymn. The whole point, like you were saying, judgment. I have two options, wash me savior <clears throat> or I die. And, and, and that, it's okay to talk about the judgment of God when we also talk about the solution to that judgment, right. the grace that Christ has given us. So we don't have to shy away. We don't have to to um, to wash down or water down, rather, these words. Um, again, I would encourage you to use the original language. See thee on thy judgment throne. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's what it's all about. Reminding ourselves how desperate we need the grace of Jesus and and accepting that. That's right. He is our only our only means of standing before that judgment throne and mm-hmm. not receiving judgments because why? The judgment that we ought to have received fell on Christ mm-hmm. on the cross. And he bore that for us. All praise to him. What an amazing gift of grace. Um do we want to talk a little bit about the tune before we finish up? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I mean I I hate to put this on a downer note, but let's let's talk a little bit. I, first of all, let's let's be positive notes. I think this hymn does a great job. It's in three four time signature, which fits it fits the meter of the text really well. Mm-hmm. The the poetry it 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 takes each phrase and it has its separation, but it also flows with the words. It also it does a good job of that. It it also lends itself really well for bluegrass t- style music and stuff. It mm. it, it fits into that. <laughs> Um, sometimes it's hard to do in the modern mm-hmm. contemporary worship type service, um, but there are a few arrangements that have helped that a little bit um, that you can find. But it's hard to find a good arrangement of yeah. this. We were talking There's about that before. Of... It's hard to find one that's that's approachable for yeah. um, the the modern worship band. You want it to be faithful to the you know the original how it feels and the fact that it's kind of, it, it is kind of square, traditional sounding. Mm-hmm. Ba, 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 yeah. Ba, ba, you can either ba, do it, you can either yeah. do it really well high church like, right, or that. you can do it really well with this kind of um, soulful, but also mm-hmm. maybe Free. a little bit country yeah. um, like of way of doing it. But, but re- embracing that, I think if you embrace that, then you can, you can get a lot of richness out of yeah. the music here. Um, it, one or the other. Yeah. Um, but don't try and make it something that it, I th- it's not. I think this is the reason why I've struggled to put this song back in our services, just because 
you know, I, I did, I've usually done the traditional hymn version and I really slow it down and I, yeah. I pick with my guitar right. so that we can really milk the words. Um, but the two arrangements that I think are pretty good, I like Norton Hall Band's arrangements. It gets a little loud and a little like edgy with the electric guitar, but that's that can be, you don't have to do it like that. Uh, and they do it in 3-4 and they do the original four verses. So there you go if you're wanting that. Also, Worship Initiative came out with an arrangement last year. The thing is with theirs, um, it sounds awesome. I love how Worship Initiative, their their electric guitars, their 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 pads sound, and just their voices and everything. Um, but it's in four four, which is kind of a cool, creative way. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, and they take their yeah. time with the rhythm and stuff. Which so it makes it makes it space a little down, more. Yeah. Um, and they also add a chorus um, that's actually pretty powerful and fits well. And it's oh. not um, – it just talks about the 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 beauty and mercy of Jesus. And it's actually really cool. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a great song. I, I'm looking for some good, fresh arrangements. Those are a couple examples. But if I find something better, man, I'll use it. So, um, Rock of Ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You guys have any other closing thoughts? All right. Listener, thank you for joining with us on this episode. Uh, We'll continue to bring some more congregational hymns um, to talk about. So thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. Feel free to leave us a good rating, too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword316 at gmail.com. Again, that's singtheword316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, We'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.